This is Bentley Manning. And this is Kellen Day. This is an experiment to see what happens when church gets canceled. And we find new ways to connect. This is... This is... This is... Empty Pews. Hey, Kellen, it's great to be back with you on the podcast. Yes, it is. We are coming to you all from Highlands, North Carolina, in our temporary office. Which we share. Yeah, so one thing, Kellen, we moved over to these temporary offices because they're doing so much construction across the street that the noise would be unbearable. Right, and like fire code and stuff like that. Yeah, but just below us. They're also doing construction now. (laughs) (laughs) So they're doing construction just below us. So our temporary office space, uh, though helpful, is not perfect. Yeah, there's a lot of pounding going on. So if you hear thudding in the background, that's what it is. Thudding? Yeah, like thud, thud, thud. (laughs) (laughs) So there's some other things that have changed, not just the construction below us. We got a big shipment of miso soup in the mail. Oh, yes. This is a Bentley original. Um, Bentley has, like, really good ideas for how to, like, improve (laughs) office life and life in general. Like, he really, I call it, like, leaning in. He's really good at leaning into the moment, um, making it, like, the best it can possibly be. So part of this is that we now have these little packets of miso soup that we, you know, can have any time of the day whenever we want it. He's currently drinking slash sipping one of them right now. Um, and not only do we just have one type of miso, but we have four different kinds of miso in the office. So we went from zero miso to a lot of miso, which is really exciting. Um, I'm wondering if you want to explain to our listeners, Bentley, about this philosophy of leaning in, like... You know, is this just ingrained in your personality? Is it related to the sacramental view of the world that you have? Like, what, what, a, what is it? Uh, Kellen, that's a huge question. It might be too much for me to kind of fully take in uh, this question about leaning in and sacramental worldview. But since this is a uh, podcast of the church, I think it's a wonderful question and something that I should be willing and ready to talk about. Um, I do believe that the creation is good and has been transformed. And so there are plenty of things in the material world that are worth leaning in and enjoying and delighting in. And if it's miso, that's great. But maybe it's also uh, the beauty of worship or, or the rushing river. But why not lean into those things? Yeah, I just think like you're either predisposed to leaning in or you've learned that along the way to like take moments and make them like sparkle which which is a gift Bentley I'm not I'm not I'm maybe poking fun at it a little bit but I mostly think it's a gift because you know I um benefit from it and your congregants benefit from it I mean there's a lot of beauty and intention to leaning in and pleasure and delight Listen, Kellen, I don't know exactly how to respond to all of that, except maybe thank you if that's true. Um, I like that that might bring some joy and delight to others. One thing that I am, I think, serious about that we forget a lot to our detriment is that Christ came into the world so that our joy would be complete. And that's something that we lose sight of a whole lot, I think. 
Um, so if it means leaning in so that we could experience uh, more joy, more fullness of life, then I say, hooray. How are you all leaning in to these days? What is making your life sparkle? Let us know. You make us sparkle and you make us shine. So speaking of leaning in, or perhaps speaking of the opposite of leaning in, which might be the season of Lent, um, I feel like Lent often sneaks up on me, and I'm not quite prepared to be like, oh, this is the spiritual discipline I would like to, you know, take on, or these are the things I'd like to give up. All of a sudden, it's Ash Wednesday, I'm like, what am I giving up? What is it? So this is just, you know, like a friendly reminder, public service announcement to you all that Lent is coming and next Wednesday is Ash Wednesday. So if you want to start contemplating the things that you might give up, um, now is a great time to do that. That's a wonderful reminder. I too often find that Lent sneaks up on me. So uh, be warned, uh, Lent is just around the corner. I find it to be the most fruitful time of the year. At least, I mean, for me, in terms of just spiritual work. So you, like, lean into Lent. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> nice. So the wilderness go. To the wilderness go and find the lowing heart. To the wilderness go. All right, but before we get to Lent, we have the last Sunday after the Epiphany where we hear uh, every year the same uh, gospel story about uh, Jesus's transfiguration, where he appears uh, to his disciples transfigured in dazzling white up on a mountain, and there next to him uh, stand Elijah and Moses. And then just as Peter asks uh, for them to build three dwelling places, a cloud overshadows Jesus and they hear the voice, uh, this is my son, the beloved, listen to him. And then as they head down the mountain, uh, they are told not to tell anyone about what they had seen until uh, the son of man had risen from the dead. So I'm preaching this coming Sunday, and actually Bentley had to um, be out of the office today. So it's just going to be me talking about this passage. I'm sure he would have had wonderful things to say, but we'll have to wait till this text comes along um, next time to hear them. So I guess one of the things that I've been thinking about is light and the growing light of these, you know, late winter days in the morning. The sun is now coming up around 7.15 instead of around eight and in the evening it's not dark at 5 p.m anymore and so 
epiphany, right? This whole season is about us um, learning to see the light, the light in Christ. And it often feels like it grows dimly, right? And slowly. But then we get to this reading on the last Sunday after the epiphany, and the light is so bright, so sharp, so um, overwhelming even, right? The disciples say that they were terrified. Um, Speaking of sparkling, right? (laughs) Like Jesus himself is dazzling and sparkling on this mountaintop. And in some ways, this passage calls to mind one of the canticles and morning prayer from the third song of Isaiah. It says, the sun will no more be your light by day. By night, you will not need the brightness of the moon. The Lord will be your everlasting light and your God will be your glory. And here's a moment right in scripture where we see the son of God for who he is, which is full of radiant light. Um full of glory, um, revealing intense beauty. And sometimes that light can feel like it's piercing us, right? There's, there's sometimes good reason for us to be terrified, um, by exposure to light. It can be, it can be a lot to take in. It can show parts of ourselves that we would rather not look at, um, It can just be otherworldly in a way that we don't know how to comprehend. But I think this text invites us to stand in the light of Jesus, in the presence of his dazzling, sparkling transformation, and and to stand there despite our terror, our fear um, of what it might mean for our lives. Because behold God for who he is and all of his glory might just be the one thing needed and everything we've needed. Children of the earth Once does but now lie Living in tents of flesh and bone We hold spiritual fire Set a flame in my heart Illuminate the darkest hours Where I wait before the dawn Here's a blessing from Jan Richardson, and it's a blessing that actually arrived in my mailbox from my mother-in-law um, last week, and 
I think it fits perfectly with the transfiguration. It's called How the Light Comes. I cannot tell you how the light comes. What I know is that it is more ancient than imagining, that it travels across an astounding expanse to reach us, that it loves searching out what is hidden, what is lost, what is forgotten or in peril or in pain, that it has fondness for the body, for finding its way toward flesh, for tracing the edges of form, for shining forth through the eye, the hand, the heart. I cannot tell you how the light comes, but that it does, that it will, that it works its way into the deepest dark that enfolds you, though it may seem long ages in coming or arrive in a shape you did not foresee. And so, may we this day turn ourselves toward it, May we lift our faces to let it find us. May we bend our bodies to follow the arc it makes. May we open and open more and open still to the blessed light that comes. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Empty Pews. It was so great to have you with us. Um, and let us know what is sparkling in your life, what's helping you lean in, um, and how the light has come to greet you in this time. We'd really love to hear about it because we really miss you all. Again, Lent is coming up, so be thinking about the ways that you can um faithfully mark and walk through that season we have some formation opportunities that you should totally check out one on sunday morning and one um, on wednesday evening that can be found in your weekly update Uh, we love you we miss you god's peace